All right, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, how are you? Good. Found out I don't have a fistula. Um, people who devoutly follow this show will remember that a Canadian dentist diagnosed me during a TV appearance as having a fistula in my lower left jaw. I went to the dentist and uh, told the receptionist I needed an emergency appointment because I'd been diagnosed over TV. And she said, oh, you're like that guy on HGTV who um, somebody saw and said, wrote in and said, I think you have cancer. And he did. Um, <laughs> Helpfully, she yeah. said. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, man. So, Matt, I want you to cough away. I want to hear your, all your bronchial spasms um amplified Ugh. and then we can get a helpful call at the end and find out that you have emphysema well i i can't just do it on command it, it it's gonna have to be spontaneous i apologize but okay. uh if okay. it does come you know if there are doctors out there among you let me know how bad it is how long i have to live and i promise i won't kick your ass if it turns out you're wrong right i promise nobody will will kick your ass you're sure it wasn't uh, just the Iowa freezing, as you say, nad, nad freezing weather of. of no, the- I, I got tested and everything. And uh, and this, you know, the, COVID's an unusual disease. It, it doesn't feel like a regular illness. It feels like a mix of 90 different things. And um, and they all happen in the first 72 hours. And then it just suddenly the, the clouds part. and. It's like it never happened. It is the weirdest thing, man. I don't know, but it happened. It, it's over. Glad so. you're back with us. Um, thank you. Thank you. Because um, this is really the official start of the uh, 2024 uh, presidential campaign. Um, it, it it is, and it's it's already it's already so bizarre. Uh, it's already <laughs> there are already so many story, so many things and themes um, that we've lived through before that um, let's just say the media priesthood and the political establishment are pretending have not happened before, mm-hmm. but they're trying it again with Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. This is like the umpteenth time that we've been sold on this idea that somebody is on the Republican side is actually going to somehow unseat Trump um at the last minute that there's going to be a surge of uh sort of organic support that knocks Trump off the GOP ballot so that we never have to deal with them again i mean it was it was literally funny i i felt bad for for Jake Tapper watching him moderate that bizarre discussion between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis last night first of all was it clear to you that the two of them really do dislike each other, DeSantis and Haley? I'm usually not a Rachel Maddow fan, but uh, uh-huh. she said they clearly hate each other, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's spot on. Um, mm-hmm. There was just it, 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 they seethed with mutual hostility and disdain. Um, what's weird is I think they hate each other because they're so similar. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're vying for the same, you know, archetypal spot. 
And so uh, because two bodies can't occupy the same space, according to Isaac Newton, uh, they, they repel each other. And I always thought that DeSantis's problem was that he would never, he would never be able to be likable enough in any election. I mean, I hate cliches like this, but it's a right. reality in, in presidential campaigns. Like you know, uh, audiences have to feel some kind of warmth emanating from the candidate. They have to be able to connect with them on some simple emotional level. DeSantis always seemed to me very tough to access for an ordinary person. But on yeah. stage next to Nikki, next to Nikki Haley, he was like Richard Simmons. My God, <laughs> I, it, it, she, she, she is the frostiest, most unlikable person, um, politician you could possibly imagine. I mean, she, she, she sat there in that, uh, I guess we're not supposed to talk about how, how female politicians dress, but she, she looked like she, she was giving off this vibe, like she didn't want to talk to anybody she would rather be any place else, but in that one spot, she hated him. She hated the audience. She hated Jake Tapper. It was there was this thing that just emanated from her that somehow made Ron DeSantis likable. It was like a magic trick I never thought would have been possible. Like if if Penn and Teller did that trick, I would have, I would have thought that was like the masterpiece of that of their career. So one one line she used last night or one idea, <clears throat> which I found particularly apt in terms of what I dislike about her. Um, I guess I just came out and said it. Uh, was when she said, Ron, you're jealous because the donors that used to support you have all come to me. Um, and I got the sense that that other place she'd rather be is with her donors, the people with whom she feels, <laughs> the people with whom she feels most comfortable, enjoys the finest food, um, uh, the most relaxed conversation, um, and, and it was just a pure junior high lunchroom move. You know, everybody's oh, sitting at my table now, Ron. <laughs> I know why you hate me. Don't hate me because I'm as beautiful to donors. Um, do they not know how that goes over with the people who actually matter in the situation, the voters of Iowa in particular of Iowa um, in particular? Yeah. So the thing that happened last night to me was that these two very similar characters, uh, called each other liars over and over. Um, disdained each other personally, uh, as you say, gave off ice cold vibes and pretty much convinced me that whatever stratagems are in the works, they're, they're history. Uh, I, I, I did not see a, uh, a, a, an insurgent candidate there. I saw two quite inert, um, political figures from the 1980s or something uh standing side by side and you know as you say wishing they could be anywhere else without any 
consciousness of what was going on in their own party. And with the presumptive uh, leader of their party, Donald Trump, um, it's not like they're all running in the same universe even. Uh, Trump talks about entirely different things in a different way. He gives uh, a different account of where America is. Um, I didn't really even get the sense that they feel they're running in any critical period. They, they, they were very, um, I don't know, uh, normal in their, in their uh, estimation of what needs to be done. Government needs to get smaller. We have to project strength. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And they went down the Republican checklist like they were. George right. This Ford could have been. Clark. This could have been 1996. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they they could have been. Bob Dole could have been on that stage. And for a man, a man who did project warmth. Now that I think about it, in comparison, to compared the, to them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we used to joke about how you know. I, I just remember all those pornographic jokes about Bob Dole and hookers with pen marks in the back of their, uh, never mind, I'm not going to go there. But okay. he was considered a, a, like a legendarily um, hard to embrace candidate. And compared to these two, I mean, he, he, he would have lapped the field. Uh, but Basically, he, they were talking about the same stuff that Republicans have been talking, sort of establishment Republicans have been talking about forever. Yeah. And the stuff that wasn't that were, were just these really sort of dime store kind of insults. Ron's lying because Ron's losing. Uh, right. You're so desperate. You're just so desperate. Go right. to my website, uh, DeSantisLies.com. How many times does she say that? 16. Somebody counted. Somebody um, counted? Yeah. I, I mean, it's I like wrote, a drinking game. You well, know? no, she used the term drinking game. She said uh, to the Drake University students, don't start a drinking game based on oh, Ron, did DeSantis's, she really? I mean, Ron, Ron DeSantis's lies because you'll be overserved by the end of the evening. Um, so, like yeah, that's I, a bad thing? Yeah, I, I, I kept a list of some of her zingers. Um, Ron had one particularly awkward singer. He said that she was a, an expert in ballistic podiatry. In other words, shooting yourself in the foot. Hardy har har. Um, that ballistic podiatry. Yeah, yeah. It was so rehearsed. I mean, dude, it was so Latin. Um, uh, it's hard to pronounce unless you've rehearsed it. So uh, ballistic podiatry. Yep. So, so here's some things she said. She blamed him for spending too much on his campaign. Her, her fiercest criticism of the night was for his campaign, saying that it had uh, wasted money. Um, that was really her, her, her most uh, acute charge against Ron, that he'd wasted donors' money. Um, she, quote, stayed in residence inns. Um, I, I guess. That portrays her as a person of the people. Um, she, she asked, I mean, if she stayed at a night's inn, I'd be impressed. But right, a residence inn. Yeah, yeah. Stay I, at a super eight motel with, you right. know, I don't know. 
Right. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a red, go a ahead. red roof in where all the perversions yeah. go on, according to Twitter. Um, but she asked if he's wasted so much money on his campaign. How is he going to handle the economy? Um, boy, was that dumb. Uh, she pointed out that it's taxpayer money, not your money, when the government spends money. Um, no Republicans ever said that. She says it's time for a new generational leader who's going to make America proud again. Um, so she's MAPA, not MAGA, to make America proud again. She's portraying herself as young. That, that seemed to be part of her mm, pitch, even though, you know, DeSantis is young too. Um, How old is she? That age, that certain age. In novels, in Henry James novels, they would call her a woman of a certain age. A woman age. of a certain age, right? It, um, it's really hard to tell. 51. Because she okay, went well, to the she, Republican yeah. candidate's clothing store, which makes you look 51 no matter how old you are. See, I would have guessed, guessed 65. And I didn't think she looked bad. She's but not, it's just. It, she's not 65. Man. No, no, she's 51. She really is? She she really is fifty. I guess that that was a number off the top of my head. Really? Uh, yeah. So she's dressing her age just exactly bullseye. Right. I mean, it's it's that it's that costume that's been handed down from Republican candidate to Republican candidate over the years. Right. That just adds years and kind of frost right. to your de demeanor. You know. Lest anyone accuse me of sexism, though. I accused or I made fun of Ron DeSantis's outfit too on Twitter last night. Did I you? Said he, yeah, he reminded me of people I used to debate in Minnesota during regional debate tournaments who wore clip-on ties. And uh, his tie looks like a clip-on, even though I'm sure it's knotted. Uh, he 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 did look like he was a little bit in Sunday school to me. Uh, he he he's got. He He's got that kind of bad youthfulness, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he was he was a little sunnier than normal. That's true. I, I think when when DeSantis is feeling good, he's hostile, um, and he looks down on people. You know, when he's really you know feeling in charge, mm -hmm. when he's when he's feeling like he's got a, he's got you know, a ways to gain in the race. Then he starts being nice and um, ingratiating. And it, it wasn't terrible. I, I have to say yesterday, between the two of them, he came off as like the, the less loathsome, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think he won the debate personally, um, though... I don't know. Not on that what, it matters. On, yeah. Not that it matters. And I can't say on what grounds. Um, right. Because, yeah. I, you know, as we said, it was just Republican truisms thrown back and forth. The only daylight I saw between them was on Ukraine. Um, she's, a she's a pretty hard liner as far as support for Ukraine. And Ron seems to be backing off a bit. Um, she. Her, her, her only proviso in terms of support for Ukraine is that we not send them cash, only weapons. Um, 
because you don't know where cash goes. Uh, she said, I don't That's think a bold we should, position. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we should send cash to any country, she said. Did you see Jake Tapper sort of, um, sort of asking each, almost in an encouraging way, like, hey, are you going to build a wall or what? Why was he doing that? I think he wanted to show that, hey, these these two are just like Trump, except they're not him. Right, right. Trying and they, to they, they, yeah. put them in a corner with that wall business. Well, they uh, they both kind of went beyond that, if I remember correctly. It was it was some really bizarre answer on both of their part, like. One of them said yes, and the other one said something like yes, and then I'm going to add, like, you know, a force of stormtroopers that will patrol the border forever, or, I don't know. It was bizarre. Um, but it was it was just very strange to see <clears throat> Jake Tapper, who, I, I don't have, really have anything against Jake. I think, I think Jake has tried uh, uh, harder than most in his job in the mm -hmm. last eight years to um to not be a complete you know um who, who's the character i'm looking for the one that was uh played by andy griffith in that famous movie uh, a face in the crowd fa face in the crowd he's he, he's he's been trying not to be that like you know 100 percent propaganda organ kind of commentator for a right. while now, I think I think he got a little freaked out by something in the middle of the Trump years. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was still a little weird to see him kind of in an ingratiating way ask about the wall, <laughs> like right. you know, sort of hoping that they would go there. Right. Uh, you know, see, Republicans, you can have somebody with the same views as, as Donald Trump. It's just it wouldn't be Trump. Well, oh, I, I I've got my. Nikki checklist here. Sorry. Uh, she did try to do something gender wise that no man would dare. Um, she said, these fellas don't know how to talk about abortion. So she did two things. She used fella. You know, she's at one at once the immigrant to America. She points that out or is part of an immigrant family. But she's also just another Southern gal. Um, mm. And, and mm -hmm. these fellas don't know, talk, know how to talk about abortion was, you know, casting Ron as just another one in a group, you know, as if he'd said, these gals don't know how to talk about war or something. Um, so it's clear that she's trying to split off, you know, female voters on the basis of their femininity um but is her position on abortion markedly different than the others uh not sure uh florida has a florida actually has a um time limit on abortions as i understand it that even trump last night in his uh solo town hall with uh brett bear criticized. Uh, Trump staked out a kind of reasonable and, um, I don't know, uh, 
moderate position on abortion for a Republican last night. Um, uh, so Ron's being kind of isolated as the ultra pro-life guy by, by both. Um, but, oh, and she said about Ukraine, this is about preventing war. It's always been about preventing war, our support for them. Um, uh, the war that, you know, the supposedly depleted and on its knees and led by a man who might be dead, Russia, is going to wage across Eastern Europe as soon as, you know, he, he gets his way in Ukraine. I, I'm still not understanding that, but I guess we're there just as we, just as we're in the Middle East so we can fight them there rather than here. Uh, we're in Ukraine to fight them there rather than in Poland the Baltics, I guess. You can just interchange the country and, you know. Right. And that's, that, that, and that's really it. It's all plug and play. And, you know, when you think about Trump's appeal in the Republican Party or, or among conservatives or whatever, I think it might be half that he makes up his own similes, you know, that he, that, that, oh, that he actually. Boy, does he. Yeah. He, 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 he invents his imagery rather than just pulls it from some kind of, you know, AI. Uh, and uh, why you say, boy, does he, did you see evidence of that when you were in Iowa? I mean, I, you know, I, I, I was, I've probably covered 30 Trump speeches over the years mm -hmm. at differing times. And Sioux Center, Iowa over the weekend to catch Trump. His address there, the runtime on that address was was an hour and 48 minutes, which if you've covered campaigns, that's an eternity for a stump speech. I mean, that's that's long, even if you figure in all the people who introduce all the people who introduce the people who introduce the candidate. Right. You, you never you almost never get over an hour, even if you include all those people. Trump's own speech was an hour 48. All right. And what's significant about that, and this is something that, that uh, I caught uh, from the first time I saw him in the 2015-2016 cycle, is that he gives off this vibe. I, like, he loves this shit. He, he loves being out there. He really enjoys playing to the crowd. He likes interacting with them. People yell things at him. He engages. Sometimes people yell hostile things at him. He knows when to ignore those folks. He's like a good comedian. Like good comedians know how to go in and feel at the crowd. But he he loves doing it. He and he has a million stories that he likes to share. And some of them are they're just hilarious. I mean, there's no way around it. They're completely original. They're bizarre. Uh, they're often insulting. Like he, you know, like. I called it, you know, triumph the comic insult president um, mode. He was definitely there last weekend. He really doesn't like Ron DeSantis, even though DeSantis is kind of a non-factor for him polling wise. I think Trump is going to enjoy kind of going back in time and stepping on his corpse, even if he's out of the, out of the race still. Um, Nikki Haley, he went after her half a dozen times, called her a bird brain. Um, 
you know, uh, saying she was in the pockets of the of the open borders, you know, people and she's uh, a globalist. She's she's yeah, that, she likes that was the, the globe. Funny. She likes the globe. Uh, it was totally Jeff Jeff Spicoli. You know that scene where he goes in and and Mr. Hand is doesn't want to let him in class, and Sean Penn is like, "This is U.S. history. I knew it. I saw the globe." Like <laughs> it, it, it was that exact line. But he does these amazing routines. I mean, have you? Have you seen the the Joe Biden can't find the exit shtick that he does? Where he faces the back of the stage and he yeah, sort of yeah. walks around like he's blind and It's amazing. I've never hands. seen it in person. Yeah. Um kind of a Marcel so, Marceau routine. Right, um, right. So Trump doesn't do voices. At least not well, right? Like sometimes he'll Right. He'll do like a whiny voice to represent the media or some other group he doesn't like. He has to watch that. That's how he got in trouble for supposedly making fun of disabled people. Um, right. The Sarah Kowalewski thing, yeah. which uh, I, by the way, I never bought that alternative explanation, um, but there may be something to the fact that he actually does do that all the time. He, he has a tendency to make that same gesture a lot. Um, but <clears throat> This whole shtick that he does with Biden not being able to find the exit, it's it's like the funniest thing. Like there, there's no comedian in America who's doing something as funny as this. Um, Checky he, Green <laughs> just died. Rickles is not with us. Um, uh, yeah. You see, the other thing about Trump, you know, and I'm just going to go for it because whenever I show affection for his um uh, skills as an insult comic or a performer um i'm accused of you know being a putinite um <laughs> now i just love that so i'm gonna do a little of it uh he he admits to less than noble um less than noble emotions and motives which the others will not you know he, he says yeah i can't wait to you know grind them to dust or take revenge or, you know, <laughs> they betrayed me and I'm going to get them back. You know, the, the other people on the Republican side never admit to having human feelings, especially this latest two, the, the, the ones that's come down to. Um, and it's like two different species. And I think it's oh, going to be weird if we ever see them together. Because, uh, you know, he, with his strange uh, apprentice-bred uh, knowledge of TV and performance and drama, uh, Trump may, for, for some reason, suddenly decide to debate the two of them. And, and that's going to be like some long postponed, you know, title match. Uh, can you imagine when Trump finally agrees to debate? will happen. I mean, he'll have every American watching in a, in a primary debate. And uh, it, I, I, it won't go well for those who wish he were on stage, you know, supposedly wish you were on stage with them, I, I predict. Um, it never, it never does. I mean, it, 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 we saw this in, again, we saw this in the 2015, 2016 cycle. 
the the various politicians who on that gigantic slate of candidates in that ridiculous race, they picked two strategies for dealing with Trump. One was the high road, and those who picked the high road fared really badly. If <laughs> you remember, you remember Jeb Bush. Uh, his campaign basically imploded when he he tried to uh, ignore the Donald Trump's insults about his mother by saying, my mother is the strongest woman I've ever known. <laughs> Trump interrupts and says, why isn't she running? And that was it. <laughs> and Jeb was done in that moment. There, there, there was no longer any campaign. But then the, uh, some of the others tried to do like antics, you know, uh, like throwing water or they, you know, put out videos of, you know, sh- shooting the tax code or whatever it was. Um, and it just didn't work. Like, you know, Trump does this stuff off the cuff. I mean, <laughs> there was an incredibly funny moment. Emily caught this. I didn't, I didn't even catch it at first. <clears throat> Trump takes this whole idea of Ron de Sanctimonious very seriously. Like, he loves the fact that he's given Ron DeSantis this name. The full name is Florida Governor Ron DeSanctimonious. The only acceptable abbreviation is Ron DeSanctis. Uh, apparently, I haven't been able to find the clip, but apparently Fox accidentally introduced him as Ron, Florida Governor Ron DeSanctis. And Trump has just been in seventh heaven ever since that happened. Anyway, he's telling this story. And in the middle of the story, some fan of Trump's yells out, um, <clears throat> Ron to snooze fest. And, and Trump immediately looks at the guy and he goes, no, no, it, it's, it's the sanctimonious actually. Like, like he can't even let his own fan have fun about it. It was, it was so like, uh, it, it was so perfectly like, um, in tune as a, as a comic. Like that's exactly what that person would do, uh, in that moment. Uh, it was, it was, he, the ma- 